Now, this evening, we are going to discuss something very, very interesting, um, something that is much more of uh, a fallout of what we learned on Sunday, but we're going to look at it in another direction or dimension this evening. Uh, one of the key texts we read on Sunday was one uh, scripture that reminds us that the earth is the Lord's and what? The fullness thereof, which means who owns everything? I say, who owns everything? Let me ask, who owns your shoes? Your shoes look nice, but who owns it? Sister Shema, who owns your lovely hair? God owns everything. Praise the Lord. People, my daughter will always say, uh, I have very long hair, but it's not showing. Amen. Just a way to encourage me. Praise the Lord. In Jesus' name. Pastor Steve and I will also have long hair one day in Jesus' name. Why don't you fate it for us? Praise the Lord. And so this evening we are considering knowing that God owns everything. If he actually owns everything and you are having one or two or many of whatever he has from our subject of stewardship. We're going to look at the subject and what we've entitled stewardship. Praise the name of the Lord. Somebody just give God praise for his word this evening. And we're going to take our key text from the scriptures in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, where we'll read from verse 1 to verse 2. First, we are going to do this evening. Now, the Bible says, consider us as what? Please, as what? Help me here, as what? So let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and what? As stewards of the mysteries of God. So the writer of this scripture, it says, let every man see us as what? Two things. Number one is what? I can't hear you. Number one. So we are servants of God and what? Stewards of the mysteries of God. Now, if you have your phone, I just want you to open Google and type the word steward. Let's just see the meaning it gives to us. Just open your phone in a short moment and open and look for the word steward. Now, I'm going to ask you what a steward means. This is an exam, a very open exam. So you have the opportunity to look at it, to look at what Google is saying as interpret the word steward. Before we will go to what God is also interpreting as a word steward. So be very ready. It's our midweek interactive service. So like a class, I can call anyone to give us the meaning of steward. And if I do call you, please don't read the way it is written on the internet. Just give a meaning as much as you can to read. So the Bible says, let a man consider us as what? As servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. We establish that everything in the world belongs to who? Belongs to God. So he gives it to us and as a matter of fact, by that uh, transfer of ownership, we become what? Stewards. Now give us verse 2, multimedia verse 2. Then the Bible says, now knowing that you are stewards of God, he says, moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found what? That one be found faithful. So what is the key responsibility of all stewards? What is the key responsibility of all stewards? 
Now, if you are a steward, what is the key responsibility that you have to be what? To be faithful. So what it means is, if I give you this iPad to hold for me for a moment, if the iPad gets missing, whose fault is it? Whose fault is it? So it means you were not careful, it means you were not uh, protective, it means you were not being faithful to the very assignments which you were given. If I give it to you, I don't need to tell you to keep it carefully. The same way God has given us everything, he has entrusted your children to you, he has entrusted the work of your hands to you, he has entrusted your career to you, he has entrusted your health to you. He has entrusted your body to you. He has entrusted everything to you. And he requires us to be what? To be faithful. Have you heard of the term, my body, my own? Have you heard of that? Have we heard of that term? My body, my own. Which means my body is my own. I can do anything to it. We've heard it a lot. A lot of people say it. My body, my own. But it is not entirely that way in this kingdom. Bible says it is expected of you to be what? To be a faithful steward. My body, my own. Who owns the body? Who owns the body? But who has the body right now? So is it expected of us to be faithful? As much as we think our bodies are own, the same scripture tells us that your body is a what? Is the temple of the living God. So you, as much as you think it's your own, God requires that we become faithful to what is given to us. So the Bible tells us, look, we are Christians, but don't look at yourself as just Christians. My money, my own. My money is not entirely my own. The moment you think everything you have is your own, then you will likely take God out of everything you do. Even the studies that you are studying, it is not your own. If you fail in school, it means you are not a good custodian of the world of wisdom God has given to you. It's my own school. If I want to read, I read. Sincerely, it is not so. That God gives you or commits you to something, he requires that you become the very best in what he has. So we hear the story of the talents. What do you think it's all about? The Bible says at the end of that story, the man that made more, he says, come for you are a, you are, come for you are a faithful servant. Stewardship requires accountability. That you go out and you come in and your parents are asking you where, do you, where were you, where were you coming from? And you know, especially as young people, as teenagers when we're growing up, we say, please, I'm now a grown-up. Anything I want to do, 10 years old. There are two digits to my age. Praise the Lord. How many of us, as, when we were teenagers or still a teenager, have you ever heard the word? Where your parents or your guardian or whoever you are living with say, as long as you are in this house, this house is my own. And you obey the rules that I give you. Have you heard of that thing before? Have you heard of that before? So why don't you misbehave in that house? Even as earthly fathers, we understand that even my father will tell me, even this bed that you are sleeping is my own. Praise the Lord. So everything that they own, they tell, try to let you know that is your what? Is their own. The very fact that your parents walk into your room is your room. And if the room is not made up or you didn't make your bed by 12 p.m., will your parents be happy? Our parents will not be happy then. Sometimes we tell them, well, it's my space. But they tell you, as long as you are in these four walls, if this house belongs, especially when you are trying to now form that you are what? You are now a man, praise the Lord. Or you are now a girl. So they will first tell you the rule, as far as this house is concerned, you are eating, they love that word, as far as you are eating my my what? 
my food. They love that part. So as far as you are eating God's food, or you are breathing God's air, or you are living in his own earth, this whole house belongs to who? To him. And so you must be what? We must be faithful. Am I communicating this evening? So this is not a matter of, it is my life, my own. Your life is your life, but there is an owner that belongs to that house. Some years back, Pastor Adeyemi was sharing something about how to become, how to understand that the earth is the Lord. And he said, have you ever seen, have you ever seen a landlord before? We all have seen landlords before. Or some of us own lands or own property or own anything. Whether you bought the property or you, or you inherited it. If you go and ask, he said, if you ask the owner where he got the property from, where will he say they got it from? Let's talk. Where will a, a property owner tell you got the land from? The land, where did they get it from? So is that they tell you they what? They bought it or they what? They inherited it. If you find the person they bought it from or the person they inherited it from and ask that person, where did you get the land from? Where would the person say? They will also tell you they either bought it or they what? They inherited it. If you find it again, whoever got it, you ask the same person, they will not answer more than those two questions, those two answers. They will either tell you they either bought it or what? They inherited it. For if by chance we now go back and back, 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 back to the very first person that got the land, and you now say, where did you get this land from? Where will he say he got the land from? He found it. He will never say it was his own. So did he bring the land from somewhere? No. He just found what? The land. So who owns it? He can never say or claim ownership of such land. That is to let you know that whatever we find or whatever God has entrusted in us, the best we can ever be is never the owner but a steward to whatever God has given us. Somebody give God praise this evening. Now, if we go back to history, if we go back to the beginning, rather, remember Genesis 1 verse 1. What does it say? In the beginning, earth was without form and void. And who did God create as the first humans? Help me here. God was there. Who were they? Adam and Eve. Did you remember the instruction that God gave them after he created and placed them in the garden? Can somebody remember? He said what? He said he has given them the land, they should cultivate it. Let's just paraphrase. So he has given them the land, go and cultivate it. Now, there is something that happened afterwards. Now, this is the big lie, the enemy will always want to sell to you. Now, who gave them the garden? God gave them the garden. He says, you may eat of all the what? All the fruits. But there was one in the middle. He says, this one you must not what? Touch. Now, please help me. Who owns all the fruit that they are eating? Who owns all the fruit? Now, in this case, who is the owner and who are the stewards? Who is the owner? So, God is the owner and who are the stewards? Adam and Eve. I love your response, my dear sister. So, let's do that again. Who is the owner? God is the owner. And who is the steward? Adam and Eve. Now, when the devil came to tempt... Yes, yeah, somebody... Please help me appreciate that little girl. 
I wanted to say when the devil came to tempt Adam and Eve, she reminded me is that the woman that was tempted, praise the Lord. So men have been passing temptation since. The devil cannot tempt us. The only person that tempts a man now is a woman that keeps tempting man. So men will always succumb to their wives, but the devil could not tempt us, praise the Lord. So like the small girl said, when the devil came and tempted, not man, tempted the woman, let's be specific, praise the Lord. So when the devil came to tempt man, in this case, whether Adam or Eve, the Bible says, can anybody remember what the devil said to, the, to Eve? When he said to Eve, he said, and, um, and he said, and he told Eve, take the part of the tree of the forbidden fruit and eat of the forbidden fruit. What did what was Eve's response? Let's communicate here. What was Eve's response? Anybody. So Eve told the, told the enemy that God had given them all this but the one in the middle. Do we really remember? Can somebody help me? What was the devil's response to what Eve said? Can we have the mic? I just want you to say something. I want to take a referral from that. Can anybody tell us what the enemy told Eve when he said that God said we should eat of all these but the one in the midst? Anyone? The little girl is raising her hand. Praise the Lord. Can any adults? Okay, let's hear from the little girl. Let's not despise the days of little beginning. And he said to Eve, it's the forbidden tree. Don't mind God. Praise the Lord. Somebody please help me clap for her. If you are an adult here, please help me clap for this little child. Amen. So, in other words, what she's saying, so the devil said to Eve, you can eat. Don't mind God. Don't mind who? But in, to be specific, what the enemy said was, did God truly tell you not to eat? I think it's Genesis chapter 3. Let me look for it. Genesis 3, okay, verse 3. I think help us, verse 3. So this was what the enemy said in verse 3. It says, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God said, you shall not eat nor shall you touch it lest you die. Verse 4. Now in verse 4, then the serpent, sa serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. Verse 5. Let's go to verse 5. For God what? Knows. In the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like who? God, knowing good and evil. In this case, we said God is a what? And the man is a what? So he's saying if you eat it, you will now become the what? Owner. It is the devil's very, very good tool to let you think that you can become the world the owner and it's a long trick the moment you think that you are the owner you take yourself away from stewardship to ownership and believe you me you cannot handle being the owner and so the enemy's trick is to let you think that you are the owner can you share some of what you have no the enemy's think makes you think that you are the owner they just think that anytime they need something in church, they can just call for money. Is it their money? Do they know how much I worked hard for that money? The enemy is making you think that you are the world, the owner. 
I don't know what is wrong with them. They just say they don't know that we have things to do on weekend. They just put uh, choir practice when they are t- the moments uh, at the time they are playing Premier League football. Do they think they own, they own their time? The devil makes you think that you are what? The owner. The moment we begin to think that we are the owner, we lose or we try to exchange being the steward to becoming the what? The owner. The very breath that we take, we are only but stewards of the very breath that we take. So the concept of stewardship becomes very key as far as Christians are concerned because we even have situations where as Christians, we mismanage money. As far as we are concerned, that is the best we can do. That is my money and it is my money. But the Bible says that it is expected of stewards to be what? Remember what you read? To be what? So the key element we want to learn today is not just knowing that we are stewards, but we need to know that we are supposed to be what? Faithful stewards. How much do you use your time, whether for your family, for God, or for whatever that is productive? Is it careless? If it's careless, then you are not living God's, 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 um, you are not living God's plan for your life. Carelessness is one of the things that we need to take away because if you understand the concept of stewardship, we will be very accountable for everything we do. Have you ever bought something and now you are asking me, why should you ask? Is it that you think I ate your money? Have you ever seen such a thing? Why are you ever asking me for how much? much I bought it. But in stewardship, the Bible says accountability is one of the key elements if you have to be a good steward. And may the Lord help us in Jesus' name. So we are look at, going to look at three things this evening. Number one, we, they were stewards. Anytime one is not given to servants, you don't give your property to servants. Servants are like slaves. Then when you hear that the, the story of the, ta- of, the, of the talents, they were actually stewards as far as the Bible concept is concerned. Multimedia, please help us. Um, Psalms number 50 verse 10 and verse 12. Now, I gave us a very quick assignment earlier on. I said we should go to our phones and look for the meaning of the word steward. Does anybody have the meaning of the word steward? Like I said, everybody were given an open book and I said when I come back, I will point to anyone to give me the meaning of the word steward and you can coin it in your own way. So we need three people to describe stewardship or the word steward based on what you've read on the internet very quickly so that we can also take some parts of what we know in the other world to the Christendom. Anybody here before I start pointing my fingers? If you look at the word stewardship, what did it say on the internet if you can't even paraphrase now tell us number one number two any other person number three the man that holds the mic let him serve others before he speaks he that has to be the greatest must first be the servant of all praise the lord he also wants to speak but let's hear other people please let's appreciate sister Shema this mm-hmm. evening Amen. praise the lord hallelujah so a steward is someone that has been that is in charge or have been given other other people's property to manage so you're supposed to manage other people's property so that's a simple explanation praise the lord please help me celebrate her so she has said that a steward is whoever is giving other person's property to what to manage amen so you can now see the story of the talent what did the man give to those people was it not his property 
So he gave it to them. Now, the scripture did not tell us that he told them to multiply or to do anything. Remember the story of the talent that we read? He just gave one, ten. He gave one, twenty. He gave one, five. And then the Bible says he went on his journey. But the concept of stewardship knows that when something is delivered to a steward, it is not expected to come back to meet it the way he left it. What was wrong in you giving me ten talents? And you came back and JJ, it's like I'm going on a journey. I say I'm going to America and then please help me with keep my car for me. If I come back, what do I expect to find? My car the way I was, I gave it to you. Is that not correct? If I come back, will I tell you that I how do you, why did you give my car? You didn't even wash it. You didn't even uh, see stain on it. Is that my business? You gave me your car. My own is to give you my, your car worth back. But the concept of stewardship is not about returning it the way you gave it. And that is why your life cannot be given back to God the way he gave it to you. You are not expected to come to church and return the way you left Stewardship means even if you allow the music or the, the ministers in music to minister to you, please don't think you came and you must live the way you came. If you, if, if you get to a point in life where things are not, or the very fact that you, you, um, your time has things, is that your time has not come or God doesn't think you are able to manage it the way you should? Is somebody listening to me? So it is not your life, please. It is not your body. Just take, for instance, your parents leave the house. Let's take ourselves back as if we were young kids or teenagers. Your parents leave the house. And have you, I think this must have happened in anybody's life before. Your parents, and they came back. The kitchen was the, was the way it was. What is usually the reaction? Even as parents, what will you be your reaction? Did you tell them to, to clean the kitchen when you were leaving? Your parents did not, but they expect that as stewards over that house, that you should keep the things the way it should. Assuming you have maybe little children at home, and then you left it with your teenager, you went out and came back, they've not given them food, they've not taken their baths, how will you feel? Did you need to remind them they were stewards? Absolutely not. The same way God doesn't need to remind you that the moment you go to work, that you are steward, a steward based on what you, have, you are going to, the work you are going for. The same way, even in church, one of the things we say is, the money will make it is what? It is our own. That is the biggest mistake. The Bible says the earth is the Lord's. The Bible says, yes, Psalm 50 verse 10. The Bible says, for every beast of the forest is whose? Is mine. And the cattle of a thousand hills. Now, the cattle of the thousand hills is one of the mysteries of nature. They are real cattle or real goats. But even science have not been able to explain how these goats without claws are able to get to the top of the mountain. Have you ever seen a mountain goat before, a mountain cattle? How they find themselves to the top of the hill, you cannot even imagine. And the Bible says there are thousands of them that belong to him. And in verse 12, the Bible says, give us verse 12, multimedia. The Bible says in verse 12, it says, If I were hungry, I would not tell you, 
For the world is mine and all his fullness. And that's why the scripture also tells us, those knowing that all that you have belongs to God, the Bible says, for it is me that give you the power to make what? To make wealth. And that is why the concept of stewardship requires that for everything that we give God, everything that God requires, it is not entirely yours. And that is why sometimes in God's kingdom, God can demand when he wants. And stewardship makes you to know that he can demand, and if you don't give him, the Bible says he can take it from anywhere. The Bible says he can make one, bring one down and raise one up. It's only God who owns all that can take the resources of one nation and give it to the other. Without the resources naturally living a nation. And that is why in a nation like Nigeria, as blessed as we are in crude, the people of the Western world seem to own even our own crude. And that's how God has the power to make and to unmake. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Psalms 50 verse, Psalms 24, which I read, Bible says the earth is the Lord. So number one, we need to understand as far as this concept of stewardship is concerned, that we are not what the owners, but we are simply what stewards. We are not what owners, but simply stewards. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Please help me celebrate Sister Ishema once again for throwing light on that angle. Now, let's listen to the other person that wanted to speak what you think steward is as, or stewardship is based on what you have read. Good evening, sir. Okay. Um, a steward is a person responsible to manage or look after something or an assignment. A steward is... Can you come again? A person responsible to manage or look after something or an assignment. Look after something or an assignment. Now, that part, manage, is where we are going to consider last because that is where it's very important. Like, so what the Bible says is, if we are stewards, we're expected to be what? To manage something. Is that correct? We're expected to manage something. Is that correct? Whether it's your life. So, if we fail in life, we are not good stewards. So, basically, we are all managers is that correct tell yourself i am a manager tell yourself i'm a manager so god has given us something to manage number one we said we don't own it now we need to know that we don't own it god's own it god owns it so that's why we said the very first concept is to understand that you don't own it once you don't own it what's remaining is what you are only but managing it how well you manage it Oh, you're, you are looking good. Praise the name of the Lord. I am managing it very well. Praise the Lord. And, uh, um, oh, you are not looking good. It's not a fight. It means you are not what? Managing it well. Sometimes we just need to manage everything within ourselves because we are expected to become what? To become stewards. Now, if it is not... If it is God's own, then we need to understand that it is not our own. Now, let's look at where we started from. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, from verse 1 to 2. Now, let's read that again so that I bring something to our attention. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, from verse 1 to 8. Now, this is the very big mistake that we do. Are we Christians or not? Everyone here, we are all Christians, right? So, we are Christians. So... I am a Christian and I have to live my life as a Christian. So if, I, if I'm not doing well in my studies, maybe God will help me. 
If I'm not doing well in my business, maybe God will help me. But Paul the apostle now came and said, let a man so consider us as what? Remember there are two things. What was the first one? Servants of God, which qualifies us as what? Christians. You are born again. Glory be to who? To God. You are tongue-speaking. Glory be to God. You are a music minister. Glory be to God. We are all servants of God. Now he says, you are not only servants of God. He then says, let people not only see you as a born-again Christian. Let them see you as what? Stewards of the mysteries of God. What is it about being steward? They know that if something is committed to your hand, that you will do it very well. If a study, if you are going for a subject, you will study it very well. There is nothing wrong in being called a born-again first-class student. That is what disqualifies you. So you are a born-again servant of God, first-class student, a steward of God. There is nothing wrong being a born-again best in your company. In fact, that is what um, um, Paul wants us to be qualified as, as one servants of God to the stewards of the mysteries of God. And that is why he said in verse 2, in verse 2 he now said, for every steward, moreover it is, a, it is required in every steward that that steward be found so this faithfulness is inclusive of a huge level of commitments. Now, to be faithful, which is the third part we are going to look at, it is not by chance. Turn to somebody and say, faithfulness is not by chance. That is the third thing we are going to look at this evening. And we are going to pay a longer attention to that. In this teaching, we have seen that, number one, that we are only but stewards that God owns all. Number one, that God owns all. Number two, that we are only stewards. And number three, we're going to look at the very fact that stewards, we must be found faithful. We must be found what? Faithful. Now, but before we go to that, let's hear our third um, contributor who will give us the meaning of the word stewardship this evening. Praise the Lord. Yeah, from what I have here, uh, one who administers anything as the agent of another or others. One who administers anything as the agent of another or others. Who administers what? Anything. Okay, administers anything, anything. as an agent, agent of, others or of others or another. So all we are saying is almost and exactly the same thing, which means as stewards, we are expected to discharge our duties on behalf of somebody else. Now, let's now go back to the point of being faithful. Remember we said, people have come, we have now said, my body, my own, my life, my own, my career, my own, everything, my own. There is an accountability that we are expected to give at the end of everything that we do. And that is why the story of the talent is not just about the talent. You know, usually we read about the talent, but what was given to them practically, which forms a huge lot of examples that we made, was actually money that was given to them. 
And remember, the master said, if you have taken the talent, which is the money to the bank, at least it will have yielded a, a degree of what? Of income. So whether it be money, whether it be life, or whether it be everything, faithfulness is required, and that is what we want to look at this evening. Praise the Lord. So multimedia, please help us with Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. Verse... Um, 23 this evening Matthew chapter 25 as we look at verse 23 okay but before we look at verse 13 I'm going to run through that story very quickly so that we now look at how we can be faithful as far as what is delivered to us is concerned now the Bible says the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. Next verse. And to one he gave five talents. To another he gave... To another two. And to another one. To each according to his what? To each according to his what? Ability. And immediately he went on his journey. How many talents are we looking at here? In total, how many talents? How many talents? Mathematics. How many talents? How many say eight? How many say seven? Is it eight? How many say eight? Let me see your hand if you say eight. The rest of us did not raise their hands, so they are not very sure. Praise the Lord. So one he gave how many talents? The other he gave, and the last one he gave one talent. And then he gave it to them. Remember we said that he gave, the Bible said, can you backtrack to verse 14 again? Remember we said in verse 14, he says the kingdom of God is like a man traveling. Who did he call? Who did he call? Who did he call? Servants. Remember First Corinthians that we read said we are two-edged people. First we are what? Servants of God. And then we are equally steward so like i told you many times when you read the scripture and he calls the word servants he's not really referring to a low base person he's really referring to someone of competence that something is being transferred to so we are servants of god and stewards at the same time now give us verse 15 verse 15 we've read he said for some he gave five to another he gave two and then to the last one he gave one now verse 16 then he who had received five talents went and traded with them and made another what five talents remember he gave them this talent based on whose ability whose ability like i said before if god is not giving you five talents you are not receiving the the blessing of five talents don't blame god you will only have opportunity open to you if your mind and your skill set is open to receive it. You can never have a multinational job if you've not opened yourself and skill to be able to receive that talent. You can only so if the jobs that they are calling you for is low-based job. It is not God's fault. He's only giving to you what he thinks you can manage for now. 
Like I said, two things are involved. Is it that you don't have, God, your time have not come, or you don't have the ability to manage it. If you are praying a prayer or blessing to come, if it has not come, don't blame God sometimes. It may be the fact that can you manage what God is about to give you? He gives according to ability. You are a child of God. Yes. Is one talent okay? If God says yes, it is yes. But God understands that stewardship is required in this business. It's not just about being a servant of God. Will you manage that child if it comes to you? Will you manage that husband if it comes to you? Will you manage that job if it comes to you? And the Bible says he gave to them according to their talents. Now you see, we will have said, if somebody have come here now and give somebody one million, we'll say, wow. Then he gives somebody else let me just put for instance now. If somebody walks in here and gives, and gives um, let's say he gives Sister Ishema um, 300, let's say he gives Sister Ishema 1 million naira. We'll say, wow, is that correct? And then maybe the next person in line is, let's say, Pastor Steve, for instance. Now, if he gives Sister Ishema 1 million naira, how much, and we know that the next person is Pastor Steve, how much do we think he's going to give Pastor Steve? We not say, okay, he's going to give Pastor Steve two million. Then he gives Pastor Steve two million. We say, yes, okay, the progression is what is coming. Then he will now say, let's just say Pastor Yomi is the next person now. How much do we think he will give Pastor Yomi? We say, okay, if, if Sister Shema is one million, Pastor Steve is two million, Pastor Yomi at least will be anything two million and what? And above. And then let's just say the person now gives Pastor Yomi 500,000. What will we all say? What will we all say? I will say, Habba, how? Is that not what we will say? We will say, this man doesn't even know these people. Assuming it is God that is delivering that talent, what will we say to God? To, won't we say, God, you are supposed to know, come on, you are supposed to know better. Even if it is by hierarchy, you should give him more than Pastor Steve. Praise the Lord. Now, if, if the person now gives me, well, maybe Pastor Yomi will not be upset, but if I'm in that hierarchy, after 2 million, me, I'm respecting at least 2 million or 2.5 as well. Praise the Lord. If he doesn't give me the 2.5, wala go day. Praise the Lord. So, this is, just, this is just basically what? Just an example. So, the Bible says he gave one five talents, say five million. He gave another two talents, say two million. He gave one one million. Let's assume the person that collected one million was the oldest servant in that place. Won't you say how? Won't you say so? In the oldest, as far as hierarchy is concerned, this man has served longer in this organization. Why are they giving him only one talent? But the Bible says the man that had five talents doubled it and had how many talents in all? Ten talents. Now give us the next verse. The Bible says in verse 17, likewise, the one that received two talents gained what? Two more. Praise the Lord. Now give us the next verse, verse 18. But he who had received one went and what? dug it in the ground and hid his lord servants uh, lord's money praise the lord verse 19 says after a long time the lord of those servants came and settled accounts with what with them now let me ask you now initially he parted with how many talents eight talents at the time is returning 
How many talents is he about to receive? Let's see whose mathematics will be greatest and fastest. Say it loud if you know. 15. He said what? 15. Is that the final answer? Is that the final answer? Do you want to call a friend? Praise the Lord. So now he has 15 talents. If the one with the one talent have done what he was supposed to do, how many talents is he expected to have come back to? 16 talents. So we are assuming that the least he would have done was to what? To double that one. But the Bible says he went and hid it. Now, do you now see why the master demanded of an increase from them? Before now, I used to ask myself, why should he demand an increase? If, if I give you your money, JJ, is it not enough for you? But this is not about just being servants. These were stewards. So at this moment, if Christ comes for the business we started in January, can we say we were good servants? Whether it's the time that we have in our hands, whether it's the money that we have, whether it's the business that we have, can we say we are truly good servants? Faithful servants. Could we have doubled what we had? Or could we have done what? Or even increased it a little of what was given to us? The studies that you are studying now, have you gotten better from last year to this year? If you have not, you are only a servant, a child of God. You are losing the part what, which is called what? Stewardship. So we are not only servants of God, we are also stewards of the mysteries of the kingdom of God. So this is, these are things that are hidden. The Bible says when the man came, he decided to settle accounts with them. Now let's read on verse 20. In verse 20, the Bible says, So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me this talent. Look, I have gained five more beside what you have given me. Let's jump to verse 23 because that is where we are interested in now. Verse 23, the Bible says, His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over the few things. I will make you ruler over how many? Many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Can you see that? Can you see that, Grace Assembly? Now, to him who did not, Bible says, For him, to him which more is given, more to him, which more is given and increases that, more will also be what? Be given to him. And the scripture tells us that the man that had one talent, who did they finally give that one talent to? Who did they give that talent to? So the man with five talents will now have how many talents? Six talents. So it's a time to reflect. What are we doing with the time that we have, the money, the blessing, the increase that God has given us. We are not only expected to be children of God. This is a lie from the enemy. The Bible says the devil told the woman, did God tell you that, what did God, did he tell you, he doesn't want you to know because the moment you know, you will be like him. You will become the owner. Owners don't try to increase anything. So the moment you think you own it, you become waiting. You can travel, you travel like the owner and you come back to what you already have. No increase. The ownership is not to increase. It's to, the owners only find people who can increase it. 
So that is why if you have something, if you are feeling you are not increasing it, it means you're expected to increase it. So the moment you are not increasing it, it means you are only digesting, which means we are not giving priority or increase to whatever we have. Faithfulness is, requires deliberate act in whatever we do. The Bible talks about being diligent. Diligence, let's do this again. Let's go back to our Google. Somebody Google again, what does the word diligence mean? Because we want to marry it with the word faithfulness. Because we need to understand what it means to be faithful. The moment we understand it, then we begin to understand or to see how we work in God's kingdom a little bit differently. Just one minute. Look for the word, the word what? Diligence. Let's look at the word diligence and let's see what it means and let's just discuss it as we marry it with the word faithfulness. Praise the Lord. Now, whilst we are going out with that, multimedia, please help us with... Please help us with Luke chapter... Praise the Lord. Can somebody please help me with my phone? I think I, was di- I wasn't diligent in charging my, my device. Praise the Lord. Can you see the example of what's not being... Sorry, not being... Not being a good steward can lead you to praise the Lord. So I forgot to charge this all day. It's dead. But I'm also a good steward because I have backup. Praise the Lord. I thought somebody would be clapping for me there. I must find my backup. Now I've found my backup. Praise the Lord. All right. Uh, multimedia, give us Luke chapter 12 and verse 42. Luke chapter 12 and faithful steward, whom his master will make ruler of what? His household. To give them their portion of food in what? In due season. So who is the master looking for now? A what? Faithful and a wise steward. So it's no brainer that we're all stewards. But being steward is not enough. Now we are talking about being faithful from what you have read, what you know. Can somebody help us with the word diligence? If you've gone through your phones or your Google, we have one. We need three Praise people to give us the meaning of the word. If you want to speak, let's just see your hand up uh, just before we go. Can we see the hands raised? No, let me see the hands first before I have one, two, three hands again. Is that th- correct? All right, let's listen to them. And if we have three hands here, I've not seen any hand here. So please get your phone and Google. I have two people my eyes are set on right now. Praise the Lord. So they've not said anything. In fact, I've seen the third person is you. You. Praise the Lord. So let's see the word, the meaning of the word diligence so that we can marry it with the word faithfulness. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay. Diligent means um, someone that is committed to a duty. Somebody that is what? Committed. Committed to a a duty. So we're going to take one word out of what he said, which is the word what? Commitment. So let's just hold on to that because we're going to look at that. Please let me help me celebrate him for his contribution. So diligence from his own angle means somebody who is commuted, committed rather to a what? To a duty. Let's hear from Sister Minister Omotayo this time. 
Praise the Lord. Careful and persistent work or effort. Can you come, can you say careful, that again? Careful and persistent work or effort. What are, what are the key two words we can take from there? Careful and persistent. Carefulness and what? Persistence. Please help me celebrate Sister Minister Omotayo. Praise the Lord. Can we hear from somebody else? Yes, okay. go ahead, sir. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, steady, earnest, and energetic effort. Devoted and painstaking work and application to accomplish an undertaking. So which one word can we take from all that he has said? First Steady. Ennis. Which one and word energetic. do you want to give us out of Steady. that? Steady. Sorry? Steady. 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 Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Please help me celebrate him this evening. I'll take two words. There's one word that he used that is very good, which is devoted. So we'll take steadiness and what's being devoted. Let's take two from this angle. Any two persons from this angle. Any word you want to describe the word diligence. Anybody from this side of the divide. Moses parted the Red Sea. So there are two parts of the Red Sea. Any other person? Anybody here? Okay, there's a hand here. Please help me celebrate him before he says anything. Attentiveness and dedication. Attentiveness and dedication dedication praise the lord please help me celebrate him as well so now the whole reason why we look at this is to let us know that all these are encompassing in the world in the world what faithfulness so if we have to be a faithful servant which means all these words have to really define whatever we do all these words have to what define whatever we do have you ever seen somebody try to call you before and misses your call and doesn't call you back as it happened to anybody and then by the time you finally get through to the person what is the common what is the common excuse that they give to us what was the common excuse that the common excuse what that they give that they did not return our call can anybody help they were what they were very busy any other one the one that annoys me, sorry, I'm just, I didn't see the call, praise the Lord. You didn't see two missed calls. I, I don't, when I call twice, I don't call again. I think I expect two should be enough to. And one day somebody told me, ah, you only called me twice now, praise the Lord. So I'm just wondering, if you call me more than three times, I have, or maybe I've seen people call five, ten times. That can be very annoying. Two, the reason why the phone have ability to show missed call is so that you can return the call when you miss it, praise the Lord. So the person did not call because he did not value to call you back sincerely so we've seen people who don't call back because they don't think that the time they have at that moment is good enough to return the call which is fine but people will always call you back if they find value in the reason why they should call you back do we have some is that true so if you have business coming to me I have business coming to you and I'm expecting you to call. Have you ever seen somebody that missed a business partner's call? What happens? Immediately he will leave everything and do what? And return the call. 
And that is why faithfulness and dedication is very important because you may miss out of a lot of things. You think people don't care or love you. It has nothing to do with love. Life in itself is beyond emotions. You will get to understand as you, as you get involved in so many things, especially for younger ones, emotions don't cut it. People want to get value for what you have. Will you do it well is what they want to know. Will she do it well is what they want to know. Even in church, if you are in church for a long time and they don't call you for things, please get worried. Is it that you don't have value for whatever you do? It may be time. Some people may just don't call you because you won't show up, not because you are not good at it. One of the things or one of the persons that I cannot beat to it, I've tried all I can, is Pastor Kola as far as timing is concerned. He honors time more than any other thing. As long as I've been in Grace Assembly, as far as time, sometimes there was two occasions I say, I'm going to church early. I do, I'm not doing anything, but let me get early, especially other occasions. Let me just get there before Pastor Kola. But as early as I got here, his car is already still steaming. Praise the name of the Lord. So if I have something to do that involves time, please ask me who will I call here? Not because, uh, it's because he has shown himself a faithful steward in that direction. So if you are going somewhere and you don't want to be late, and you know this, you don't like late comers, who will you know? You will just, the first person that will come to your mind as far as time, the respect for time is concerned, is going to be him. The same way it may be your skill. You may be as good as you can, but the very fact that you don't give in, um, you are not committed to what you do, you are not faithful to what you do, people may not just call you. And that is why even in, no matter how rich you are, rich you are in wealth and in everything, if things are being contributed and they don't call you, there is something that must be missing there. Is it that you are not a good giver? Does it mean you don't have money? You have. But people are rather looking for other people as far as kingdom advancement is concerned. Is it that you know that when you give, you are going to make a whole noise of it? God's kingdom on, makes us to understand that we are only but what? But stewards. Dedication is required as far as being a steward is concerned. Somebody spoke about persistence. That is also part of what we do. That you get tired in everything is a big sign that you are not what persistent in whatever you do. So beyond being Christians, all this is what you will require to succeed in life. Forget about knowing Christ. And that is why the Bible says that the children of the world have become wiser than us. We want to hold two names, the servants of God and the stewards of the mysteries of Christ. So being a steward is not about just, or being a child of God is not just a title. That title is useless if you don't add stewardship to it. And that is why when we see the word commitment, carefulness, there is, these are not the fruit of the Spirit. Am I communicating here? These are not just fruits of the Spirit. These are what you require to become fruits of the Spirit, make you the servants of God. But being a good steward requires you to do this. I heard a story recently of a, I heard a story recently of a Christian, a very good Christian who always gets broke. 
every time is a good Christian, but always gets broke. There are some of us who are not just good stewards when it gets to money. Is that correct? When it gets to money, if you are not a good steward, if your partner is a better steward, hand over the money. There's no, there's no, there's no man being uh, when it comes to money matter. On Sunday after church, Pastor Steve and I were accosted by a young man in church here who had a problem as far as what was the issue again? Practically crying that he can't just but stop gambling. And that if he passes, his eyes must not see a gambling shop. He must go into that gambling shop. As far as concerned, he told us how much he earned in a month. And he told us how much uh, he was recently paid. And he took the whole money into the gambling shop with credit, with money. He came in credit and left with debits of over 50000 so you think this is not, these are not spiritual matters. They are matters of the mind. And if you're a good steward, you will know that this life, one of the things we told him, that this life, you will account for it. You can't get somewhere and God is asking you how much. And you said, look, I couldn't control myself. I wasn't persistent in whatever I'm doing. And that is why we, that is why the, 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 the teaching this evening, we want to let you know that it cuts across everything that we do. A steward must understand that word faithfulness. And that word faithfulness is encompassing of the word commitment. And we must understand that in being steward, we must be committed in everything that we do. If you are in choir, please don't sing to the honor of men. The Bible says, for whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. Stewards, we are stewards unto the Lord. If you are a worker in church, please understand that we are all stewards and need to be committed. Have you ever seen a situation where you cajole people to come to church? Everything you have to cajole, everything you have to remind. There are some people in church, they forget today's midweek service. There are people in church, they forget to pay tithe. There are people in church who forget so many things in God's kingdom and yet we claim to be stewards in the house of God. And there are some people, and one of the things, I'll just end here, one of the key elements you need to understand as far as stewardship is concerned is, you know, there's a way you, you there's a way you, I don't want to use the word suffer here, but the way you labor for something. Let's just say you, you are able to make one million naira this month by the reason of going to work and coming back. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Um, I was speaking in one small meeting one time. And I was giving examples of value of money. I said, and I said, assuming your monthly salary is five million or ten million, and the people there were just saying, ah, ten million is too big. I said, in God's kingdom, ten million is what, where I am going to. Fifty million is where I'm going to. So permit me if I'm using one million, two million, ten million. And some people are just saying, ah, ah who is earning one million? Praise the Lord. In God's kingdom, there are servants of God earning ten million. So please, let's just don't make it look as if it's a surprise. So assuming you are earning twenty million, let's just be humble here. Praise the Lord. I'm just trying to be humble here. Amen. So assuming you are earning that amount of money and then you put in a lot to get that money that month. You know, one of the key and difficult parts is when you labor for something, that part that you labored for it, immediately you claim ownership of that labor, of the results of that labor. This 20 million that I make and this 20 million that I make, the way I'm looking at it. You know, there's a man that does like this on the, some skit. The way I'm looking at this is 20 million. If I make this 20 million, I'll use 10 million for this, 15 million for this, and that million for this. And at the end of the day, what is remaining? Absolutely nothing. 
and we so forget because it's the labor of our hands we so forget that there is one that gives us power to make what to make wealth there is one that gives you power to even study by the time we labor, maybe you labor so much, you get a degree. You labor so much, you get money. We labor so much, we get so many things. It is very easy for the enemy to tell you to sit down and eat the very fruit of your labor. Have you had that thing in your mind before? This thing you have labored, this degree, even it's supposed to be five years. I even used two more years. And now I'm doing this job and somebody is coming to tell me to do this. Cost me. And that part, you begin to claim ownership of the labor or the results of your labor. And remember, it's a very, very subtle way. The enemy takes us into the story that we heard in scripture about the man that labored and had so many things. Remember that story. And the Bible says, when he was done, he said to himself, I will even increase. Now my soul sit down and do what? And eat the fruits of your labor. Now the question is, is it a wrong thing to sit down and eat the fruits of your labor? The context of that story is the part of stewardship, which means for everything he has owned, he has desired to make it for self-consumption. There is no God in this. Where was God where I was suffering like this? Where was God when I, instead of a five years course, I spent seven years? Where was God when I was walking the streets of Lagos? So when we come to the point of, 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 of increase or the point where we are expected to eat, then it's the point we tell God, there is no God in this where I was struggling for it. And that is why when even comes to giving in church, it's a difficulty because we think that moment we have it, it is our own. The moment your own is there, it is difficult to let go. The moment you think is your own, it is always and will always be difficult to let go. This evening, let's go out with this mindset that we are all but what? stewards we are all but what stewards remember we started by saying the earth is the lord's and the what the fullness thereof let's end with first corinthians 4 verse 1 and 2 again as we remind ourselves of what or who we are let a man so consider us as what as what servants of christ and what stewards of the mysteries of god if you don't take Excuse me, if you don't take anything away from today's message, just take these two verses out of this message. You are both the servant of God and the steward of God. Beyond being a steward, verse 2 says, and so now that you know that we are steward, moreover, the Bible says in verse 2, that is expected of a steward, it is required in a steward that a steward be found faithful. May the Lord bless his word for us this evening in Jesus' name. If you've been blessed this evening, why don't you celebrate God for his word this evening? Now this brings us to a close. As we go, let us remember this. And it is until we understand our position that we are only but stewards. There and there only we will become a grateful heart in everything that the Lord brings to our way. And as we continue in this knowledge, the Lord will give us reason to be able to do the right thing every time that we have anything or knowledge of who we are in Christ. The Lord will continue to help us in Jesus' name. If you've been blessed this evening, why don't you bow your heads and just begin to thank the Lord for his word. The earth is...
is therein. The Bible says if he needed anything, he is a God that knows and has the thousand uh, the, the, the thousand goats on the hills. And so God is saying he owns everything. And this understanding that we are all but still ones uh, requires us to faithful and committed to everything that god has given us just cry to the lord this evening for everything that you have entrusted in my hand give me the ability to increase it for everything that i've misused whether time give me a second chance to claim it back some of us have lost time we have lost money we have lost relationship we have lost everything that's required of us to increase because we have committed ourselves to become lord of what we're expected to be steward or go to whatever God have not been a grateful life because we've not understood that we are only but stewards to the very breath that God has given us. May the Lord continue to give us grace in Jesus mighty name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Father Lord in heaven we thank you for your word this evening. We pray for every heart that have received your word. We pray for a renewed strength for faithfulness in what you have given us. For the life you've given us, we pray for grace to be faithful to it. For the wealth you have given us, we pray for grace to be faithful towards it. For the children, the work of the kingdom that you've given us, we pray that none of us will be tired, but will continue to labor in love in the name of Jesus. For the work of our hands, we pray for increase in the for even those that are younger that are going through our studies, we pray that you give them wisdom to become great managers of their time, even in school, in the name of Jesus. Thank you for this shall make us a better person, for in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Give God praise once more this evening. The Lord bless you and bless you real good. Amen.